0: All right, let's try again. This is our third or fourth attempt to start this podcast. I don't know why, but Pastor Ashley has uh, got the giggles today. Um, and um, that's all right. We're, we're persevering. It's been a really exciting week and it's a big week. It's a milestone that we've accomplished because we're halfway through the reading plan. you
1: halfway through. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I really find that things have kind of ramped up. Jesus has been introduced. Um, he's doing a lot of traveling, he's doing a lot of preaching. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a whole lot of crowds, a whole lot of enthusiasm. But I think what we're going to see is we're going to see from this point to the end of the book, we're going to see things kind of ramping up. Jesus is going to Jerusalem. Jesus, you know, is going to going to death on, on the cross. Like all these things are starting to happen now. Yeah. And I think so. The first half of the book is, is looking at a, a few years, but the last half of the book is looking at like months.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. Mm. And at the end of this week, so, so next week when we start next week, you'll see a whole different pivot that Mark makes. We're, we're coming to the end of what Jesus has been trying to do from the beginning of his ministry, mm. and so he's like, "Okay, step one is done. Yes, yes. Let's move to the next." And mm. so next week we're going to be moving. But this week, there's been some really neat insights and things that I have been thinking. The Spirit's been kind of convicting me of in my own personal life. But let's um let's start with verse thirty one of chapter seven. Mm. Um, Jesus heals a deaf man. Um, yes. Anything jump out at you in this? What were some things that you got out of it?
1: Um, I guess it's probably it's probably an overarching theme for the study that we've had this week, mm. and I, I I'm pretty sure that you have the same insight as yeah. me. We yeah. we haven't spoken about it, but yeah. I know we've been dying to talk. About yeah, you've this. been trying a couple of times to get a conversation.
0: And going. You keep like <laughs> you, you know.
1: And then there's been a few times where I've wanted to, and you're like, no, 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 save it. Yeah. No, go for it. So um so, I mean, Jesus heals this guy. Um, so he's in the, the region of Tyre, yep. um, Sidon, Decapolis. So he's in Gentile territory here. Yes. So I think it's important to establish that. Um, he's, that's where we finished off last week. Mm-hmm. He's still in the same kind of area where there's a lot of Gentiles and he's ministering to the Gentiles. And this guy comes to him as a speech impediment. Um, he's deaf. And Jesus, like, he heals the guy. Um, yes. But it's, it's really interesting because, like, I was thinking um, of just, just the contrast you know, between this deaf man who's hearing, you know, this guy with a speech impediment that's now able to speak, and you know, I guess I, I wrote this down, and and I consider like the Jesus' own people, like he's gone from you know his own people in the land of you know Galilee, and he's now like minister- the Jews, the Jews, yeah, he's now ministering to the um to the Gentiles, and you know their unwillingness to really listen and embrace Jesus in the fullness of his message. I mean, Jesus left to the Gentile territory because of the controversy that he had with some of the Jewish leaders, you know. Mm. And mm. so, like, I wrote down here that the unwillingness of Jesus own people who couldn't or wouldn't see. And it reminded me of what Jesus said when he had that, like, that back and forth with the Pharisees and the scribes mm. and the purpose of him using parables, parables. where he said, you know, they, they see but they do not perceive, mm-hmm. they hear and they do not understand. Yeah. And so at the beginning and the end, I guess, of our our studies today, we see the deaf hearing and we see the blind seeing.
0: Oh, that's cool. I actually didn't connect it, but you're right. Yeah, because it finishes with the healing of the blind man. Yes. yes. And begins with the healing of the deaf man. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's actually pretty neat, man. Mm. I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. That's really cool. Something that I thought was really interesting is that Jesus in both of those miracles, the healing the deaf... And healing the blind, he does something we've never seen before. Mm. He does weird stuff.
1: <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> right? Like, he's. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Like, when's the last time you spat on someone in your ministry? I know. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. No. Like, this
0: is. I like, reading it, you're like, that's actually a little gross. <laughs> it's disgusting, right? man. It's gross. And, and then, like, He does it with both of them, right? He does something kind of peculiar. He does something weird. And and I did have question marks as to like, why did he need to put his fingers in his ears? Like, you know, why did he? Other times we've seen just Jesus lay a hand on them or say it and things are happening. Did you have any kind of insight as to why he went about
1: it this time or not? You just thought? (laughs) I have no idea. Apart from the fact that, you know, he's doing this, Amongst Gentiles, so I'm thinking. Well, maybe that just that some weird stuff. <laughs> Local customs. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
0: look, honestly, I, I you know, on this, I do have question marks, but I haven't found the answer as to why did he go about doing it this way. Hmm. Um, I did also find it interesting that in both cases, there's so many parallels between the healing of the deaf man and hearing of the blind man. Well,
1: well, I think we should probably talk about. Yeah, let's. All right, let's do jump it. to the blind man as yeah, well because. Okay. Um. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. No, no, uh, no. no. <laughs> you obviously <laughs> want to say something. Go for it. Well, I mean, like, let's just talk about it in a preliminary sense because I want to kind of close. Dive into it more. Close okay. there. Um, yeah, I mean, in both of these instances, we see Jesus spitting.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, but it, and the other thing I was going to say is, in both instances, the people who brought them to Jesus don't get to see see
1: it happening. Takes them out privately. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was interesting, mm. right?
0: Mm. Um. And then there is a kind of this theme of don't tell anyone.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, and yet at the end of this, I actually love how it's worded there in verse 36. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. Yeah, I, I highlighted that as well. Yeah, and there's just, I don't know, there's something in human nature, Yeah.
1: It's like if you really want people to spread it, tell them not to. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. kind of comes across that way, right? It's, it's irrepressible. It's, and it's interesting like what they also said, like he has done all things well. And mm. it reminded me of, you know, the creation week, you know, when God looks back on the creation. He yeah, the same kind of language. And then then. it is very good. And yeah. so, like, you know, they're recognizing that Jesus is doing extraordinary things yeah. that just um, that haven't been done before.
0: Yeah. So, chapter 8. Mm-hmm. After this, we get to the feeding of the 4,000. Yes. Now, I actually think it's really, really cool that there is another feeding of thousands. And just like the feeding of the 5,000, I think it's safe to assume here that the 4,000 is just the men that are being counted. So we're looking at a far larger crowd than 4,000. Now, the reason why I was excited about this when I came across it is because last time I was left with questions of what did I miss in this feeding of the 5,000 miracle? Because Mm. in the very next story, when Jesus was crossing the sea, he's telling them, if you understood that miracle, you wouldn't be feeling the way you feel right now. So it's like, oh man, they missed it. Mm. And, Not only did they miss it, but now God creates another opportunity. For them to get it. For them to get it. And I think, man, how cool is that? And then as I reflect in my own life, how many times has God done that for me? Mm -hmm. Where he brings me to a situation to learn something and I don't learn it. And he just keeps bringing you back to the same And then I find myself in the same situation yeah, and I don't learn it. You also see, like, this is just separate, but like Peter, for example, Mm. um, He has the choice to confess Jesus or deny Jesus. Mm. And the Bible mentions that it was around a fire that he denies Jesus three times. Mm. And then after Jesus resurrects, when he calls Peter back into the fold... The Bible the specifically mentions it's around the fire. It's like he brings us to the same place and gives us the opportunity to catch what we missed previously. Yeah, yeah. And I saw Jesus doing this here. I'm like, hey, this is so neat from God to say, okay, he's, you've, I've done this and that's amazing, but you missed something very
1: important. Yes, yes. So this is round two. Let's see if you'll catch it this time. And I still don't think they get it this time. I don't because, either. like Jesus says, hey, you know, he talks about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. We'll get to that shortly. Yeah, yeah. But I, something that jumped out to me, like this is still Gentiles territory and stuff. And so it's interesting that the crowd is here mm-hmm. you know, again, and we, we're constantly seeing the crowd. And yes. I guess Jesus' care and concern for the crowd um, he doesn't just see them as masses, but he mm. sees them as people mm. and he doesn't desire to get anything from the crowd. He instead desires to serve the to crowd. Give, yes. And what I love with Jesus and how he ministers and how he works and, and just the lessons that we can get for ministry and for our lives mm-hmm. is Jesus doesn't esteem anybody as more important than anyone else. He shows no partiality, you know, there's yep. no favorites yep. with him. Yep. No prejudice. And it says that he has compassion on the crowd. Yes. Just the same as he had compassion on the crowd when he was in Galilee. Mm. And he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And yes. so what he feels towards his own people is what he feels towards the Gentiles. And it's interesting. It's like communicating that there's about to be a, a, a significant shift in the history of humanity where those who are on the inside are now going to be welcomed in, welcomed into the... In, those on the outside sorry, are going to be welcomed to the inside. And I think that this is this is this new family that Jesus is, is about to introduce to yeah. humanity. I also
0: kind of think, though, like that being on the inside has often been misinterpreted as being better or more special. Yeah. But the reason God chose the Jews, Paul tells us in Romans, what benefit there is there to being a Jew then? He says, well, to them were committed the oracles of God. So in other words, there was a chosen people, but not because they were better or more special, but rather they were the ones that God chose to minister to the others and bring everyone else. And so being chosen or being the in-group did not mean the in-group excludes the out-group, but rather the job of the in-group is to reach everyone else. There's a missional
1: purpose. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and so we see with Jesus, although he was a Jew and though he came for the lost sheep of Israel, he was modeling what that was meant to look like and that was reaching the world and being a witness to the world of God and Mm -hmm. not
1: keeping the world from that God. Yeah, and it's like I wrote down here, like Jewish rejection does not mean God's rejected you. And so like Jesus' ministry mm. amongst the Gentiles, like, well, you may think that you have been rejected by the mm. Jews or the, the nation, um, but God hasn't rejected you. He's come to you and he's ministered. And, um, and the practical application of that is
0: how many times have you studied with people where they felt re- rejected from a church Yeah, and they've equated that to God viewing them the way they do? Yes. But if there's anyone listening and you've been hurt by church or by people, we all have. But that doesn't reflect how God considers you. Exactly. And I think how Jesus treated everyone
1: reflects how God thinks of you. Yeah. 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 And the, I mean, just the parallels with, you know, with this story, with the feeding of the 5,000, you know. And I was thinking like um, we had a, a board meeting the other day and there was a number of really cool insights that were shared. Um, and some of the insights that were shared, like, and we'll give credit to some of the people, I guess. But as we're reading, there's different versions. And so someone was reading from the, the New King James. And so when it talked about them being in a desolate place, in the New King James says, in you know, the wilderness. Mm. And it reminded me of the children of Israel as they're wandering through the wilderness mm. and God fed them manna, you mm. know, bread that he gave. And Jesus is doing the same thing in a desolate place in the wilderness. At the point of hungering desperation. Yes. And it's just like, hey, this is a new exodus that's about to start.
0: Except the difference is these guys were not whining and complaining and saying it'd be better to leave, but they were sticking around nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Like there's this great That's a cool desire. connect.
1: Yeah. That's
0: a cool connect. I actually found also that I really appreciate it, it says like that Jesus had compassion, mm. but then he gives a reason why. Yeah. And says, because they have been with me now three, three days and have nothing to eat. Mm. So there's a reason for his compassion. Yeah. You know, and, and, and. And even though Jesus was the one giving to them for three days. So think about that. They're there getting from Jesus for three days. What's more exhausted, being ministered to or ministering?
1: Well, ministering, for sure.
0: So if this is their state after three days, what was Jesus's? Yeah. And yet he doesn't say, look, I've been giving enough. I need time away. Mm. But he's like, no, no, no. We've got to make sure that we take care of them because I don't
1: want anyone to come under any catastrophe on their way home. Yeah. So she, another thing that, like, just to add to that, it's like when Jesus ministers to them, he actually involves them in that whole process. It's mm. like, oh, well, how much loaves and, uh, and and fish do we actually have? Yeah. And so he actually uses what they have to minister to them.
0: Or... Yeah, well, we had um, a board meeting this week. Yeah. And uh, for, what, for the devotions, we actually kind of went through that day's reading, and it was this. And, um, one of our board members, um, Melanie. Yeah. All right. We're we'll giving shouts out. Mel- yeah, yeah. She actually shared like, this is the creator of the universe. He can make something from nothing, but he doesn't. He says to the disciples, what do you have? How many loaves do you have? Mm. And, and that's just how God is. Even though he can do it on his own, he's willing to use what we can bring and, and involve us in that. Yeah. It's such a cool point. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome.
1: Um, so so he leaves he leaves the gentile region he comes back and the Pharisees now begin to argue with him like mm-hmm. it's just polar opposites just this like yes. his acceptance in these these foreign lands he comes back home and the first thing that happens when he gets back home it says the Pharisees came and began to argue with him seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him.
0: Yeah. Can I just make one more point on the yeah. loaves beforehand? Mm-hmm. Speaking of like him involving us. Yeah. They gave all that they had. Yes. And what they gave was seven loaves. But when that ministry was finished, what were they left with?
1: Uh, seven of, baskets yeah.
0: full. So, so like they gave seven loaves. And for every loaf they get, they got a basket full in return. Hmm. And often in ministry you can feel like you're giving too much, yet when it all settles, you've received way more than you've given. Yeah, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, man, I'm too weary. I need, I need, I need to be rest. I need I need to be healed. I need to be. But you like minister to others and when that's all settled, you're actually far more ministered to yeah. than mm. than you were before what you had, you know? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. receive way more than way you possibly more. ever could have given. Way more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. All right. So yeah, the Pharisees come. Yeah, it's just interesting, just to pull the polar opposite. Well, here's the thing that I kind of um found really interesting, right? He comes to this area and he does know. Miracles. Mm. It's like, I think up to this point, it's the first place where he comes to a new place and doesn't do a miracle. Mm. There's been times where he was able to do a little bit in his hometown or, for example, with the Syrophoenician woman, like she's the only one and then he moved to the next place. Mm. But this is the first place where he doesn't do anything. Um, And I think it's because that's how the Pharisees approached him, right? They approached him with doubt and no faith. Yeah. So it's interesting that those of us that have been reading through this, you'd be well aware, Jesus spent the majority of the early part of his ministry showing signs to the scribes and Pharisees yeah. mm. and healing people, and they rejected it. With all these Gentile stories that we're hearing, they weren't asking for science; mm. They were asking for help. Yeah. And there's a difference between Jesus helping someone miraculously or feeling the need to prove himself miraculously. Mm. And these guys were coming with the mind of prove yourself. Yeah. And yet they were in desperate need of help. So they weren't asking for him to help them. Yeah. They were putting themselves as the ones who can help him. Yeah, Prove, prove
1: yourself. And they're putting themselves in a place of authority. Prove yourself to us. Yes. Like we're the standard that determines whether you are yep. what you, you claim to be. And
0: Jesus very clearly says, no, no sign will be given to this generation. In other words, there was a generation before you mm. and they rejected me. And this now after that moment, no sign to, to you.
1: And, and I guess as well, it comes to a place where... It's not going to make any difference whether he does any more signs or not. Like yeah. you, you, received enough of an of a, a, rev, a rev, rev, revelation. Yes. Sorry, that you've seen all that you need to see. Yeah. Um. It's interesting what I found towards the end of this. Um. When Jesus talks to them, he says, "Why does this generation seek a sign?" He says, "Truly, I say to you." Now, the last time Jesus said, "Truly, I say to you," do you know when it was? It was Mm-mm. when Jesus was dialoguing. With the Pharisees about the unpardonable sin, oh, you know, okay, and so he talks about yeah, direct yeah, connection to the yeah, unpardonable he's sin. That. He says, "Truly, I say to you." So it's like Jesus is like again just reiterating, "You have resisted me. You have, yes. re- and I tell you an emphatic truth: here, yes, that I haven't turned my back on you, but you've turned your backs on me." Mm. And this is this is you're continuing down this pathway of of hardening your heart, and this is the theme, you know, that runs through all these stories. It's the hardening of the heart of the Pharisees and it's their unwillingness to see Mm -hmm. and it's their unwillingness to hear. Mm -hmm. But it's not just the Pharisees that are at risk of this. It's also the disciples.
0: Of course, because it's not national. It's not racial. It's not class it's 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 what you do with your free will in are you softening your heart and choosing to follow what you know yeah. or are you building
1: your pride and rejecting what you know yep yeah. and then you have the Gentiles who are living in ignorance and then you have the the, the people in the Jewish lands that are living in, in truth or claiming to have yep. this knowledge of truth it's very very difficult to harden your heart when you're living in ignorance because you just don't know you just don't know you haven't rejected it But when you're living in the truth and you know the truth... And you've rejected that. And you've rejected that. It's very, very easy to harden your heart. Absolutely.
0: Interesting. Verse 14 after this, Mm. it says, Now they had forgotten to bring bread. Yes. (laughs) There's something about bread and the disciples say, and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. Mm. Now, just before, what was God able to do with seven?
1: Multiply it, feed 4,000 plus.
0: So if he was able to feed... Thousands with seven. Surely he's got a dozen yeah. covered with one. Yeah. But he cautioned them saying, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, leaven, we should probably explain in Bible, yeast. is yeast. But that's all throughout, consistently throughout Scripture, that's used as a symbol for sin, mm-hmm. right? Um, it can be the sin of waiting or just the how sin permeates, right? Just you add ye- a little bit of yeast to the bread and it permeates through that whole bread. So sin, you add a little bit and it permeates there. And so he's warning him, he's saying, listen, don't buy this doctrine of theirs. Don't get into this sin of theirs. Beware of their leaven, mm-hmm. the yeast. And then he says, and they began to discuss with each one another the fact that no one had bread.
1: They're missing the point. They fully missed the
0: point yeah. again. Fully missed the point again. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? He's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you talking about this? Do you not yet perceive or understand? So don't miss this. Mm. He showed them this amazing thing with bread, crossing the water. They're acting the same way as the very first time he sorted out the storm. Yeah. And he's like, man, are you serious? If you got the miracle for, that I did with bread, you wouldn't be this way. Yeah. He brings them around to it. And now they're crossing the sea and they're like, oh, bread, bread, oh, why don't you have the bread? He's like, dude, be careful of the doctrine of the Pharisees. Oh, but the bread, why don't you? And he's like, what are you talking about bread for? Yeah. I do still not understand, right? And I like this. He, he's starting to explain this. Mm-hmm. He says, "Have having eyes, do you not see? It's the same language, parable stuff, right? 100%. Having ears, do you not hear? Yep. It's those two parables, beginning and the end of this. Yep. Do you not remember when I broke five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? Yeah. 12. Mm. <laughs> and the seven and 4,000, how many baskets? Seven. <laughs> mm. And then again. Do you not yet understand? Now, something that is important, I kind of looked at this story in the different Gospels as I was studying more into it. And in Matthew 16, 12, when Jesus says the same thing, it does add here, it says, after that they began to understand. Yeah. So something about what Jesus said here started to sink in after this rebuke. Mm. And they're starting to get, okay, hold up. This is not a prophet. This is not the next king. This is something more. Yeah. And he's tried this whole time. Remember, we said this early on in the beginning. He was trying to get the Pharisees to understand who he is. Mm. And they understood. But then rejected it, rejected it, rejected it. And they rejected who he was. Mm. And then since that point, he's pivoted to the disciples yeah. And showing them who he is, who he is, and they're not getting it, and they're not getting it, and they're not getting it, and then now he's like, "I've got to tell you plainly, mm. what happened when this happened? What, what do you, th- who do you think you're dealing with in this boat? And you're arguing about this one piece of bread,
1: mm. and and now they're starting to get it, yeah, right? And so Jesus is really ministering to the fat to the to the disciples here, and and I think the reason why is because the spirit of the Pharisees is, is really alive and well and that's yeah. in the disciples here and they're in a very dangerous position although they left the the Pharisees on the seashore the Pharisees are with them in the boat still because in their heart and mm-hmm. they're thinking about like the lack of bread and that that's what they think the real problem is but mm-hmm. Jesus is like no your real problem is the lack of faith that you have yes and there's those four questions that Jesus asked them in the boat they're like oh we still have no bread he's like why are you discussing this? And there's seven quick questions in quick succession. Bam, 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 mm-hmm. bam, bam. Mm-hmm. And it's all concerning understanding. Now, as it says in the other Gospels, like they began to understand, I believe that what we see in the next story when Jesus heals the blind man, it's kind of this demonstration. If you finish on that story, there's a point that I really want to make. And and go for it, go for it. So they, they land in Bethsaida. And there's a blind man that's brought to Jesus. And I think that this is really connected to this old story. And I think it's also communicating this process of understanding for the disciples. They're questioning in the boat, where's the bread? Jesus then says, why don't you understand? Jesus heals a man that can't see, but then sees. And then Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. So there's Mm -hmm. this process of discovery. But with the healing of the blind man, all Jesus' miracles so far have been immediate.
0: Yes, yes
1: this this healing of the blind man it's in stages mm-hmm. the disciples understanding of what jesus was and who jesus was was gradual mm. and jesus was laboring with them and so the answer to the quest those seven questions they may not have fully understood but their understanding yes and i think with discipleship there are times where you know where we things do make sense and then there's other times where a lot doesn't make sense absolutely but as we journey with the lord we begin to understand more we and start more.
0: to see like trees yeah and then over time we can start seeing clearer.
1: And I think it was a lesson to the disciples, like you're only seeing men as trees now. Yeah, that's good. But there will come a time where you see things clearly. Yeah. And there's this gradual kind of revelation. Yes. Um, and so 27,
0: Yeah. this kind of also affirms that they had started to begin understanding. Yes. That doesn't mean they understood what he was about, mm. what he was trying to accomplish. It's just the who question. And so he addresses it specifically and says to the disciples, who do people say that I am? Yeah. And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. Yeah. But then Jesus finally kind of is getting to the point of like trying to see if what he's been trying to accomplish is getting through at all. Yeah. But who do you say that I am? Yeah. And then finally he hears the words. Not... You're a prophet, not you're someone sent from heaven. Mm. You are the Christ. Yeah.
1: And then he says, don't tell anyone. Yeah, <laughs> but It's interesting, like Jesus says, okay, what are other people saying? I want you to share with me what their confessions are. Mm. And these are like, they're great affirmations. Yes. You know, Elijah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he pivots and says, what about you? And so he gets them to share what others think. He's now okay. Now what do you think? And then they testify to who he is. Now it's interesting. Like when you look at Mark so far, like um, a lot of people have have recognized Jesus. You've got the um, you've got the unclean. You've mm-hmm. got the Gentiles. You've got the demons. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that you see the disciples openly declaring it. Yes. So they've been with Jesus this long. Yes. And now they're finally starting to see the picture. And when Jesus said to them after he told the parables, seeing, you don't perceive, Mm -hmm. and hearing, you don't understand, now they're starting to see. Now they're starting to understand, but they've still got a long way to go because in a couple of verses, Peter's going to say, Jesus, you're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus is like, yeah, I am. And he fully rebukes him. And so they're starting to get some of the puzzle, but the picture isn't fully there for them yet. Yeah, and I think though,
0: we'll see just like he did with the Pharisees, where he first showed them who he was mm. and then was inviting them and they rejected that. Jesus is now finished not finished, but you know, got to the point where they know who he is, mm. but they still have no idea why or what he's about or what you know, like they know who, but that's kind of it. And they don't even know much about what the purpose of the who is. Yeah. And so from next week, Mark, this is, this is kind of a tipping point for Mark. Yeah. Because Jesus pivots from trying to show who he is to teaching what his mission is and why he came and how he is going to be able to change the world and set us all
1: free. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the challenge from this week's study is really the challenge of seeing and hearing Mm. and believing and understanding what Jesus has to say. From the very outset of our study this week, we were confronted with a deaf man. Yes. He couldn't hear. The very end of the study, we're confronted with a blind man. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus did is he gave the deaf man hearing. He gave the blind man sight. And he gave the disciples greater clarity. What he gave the disciples and what he gave everybody else is what he wished to give the Pharisees. Yes. But they willfully chose. They hardened their heart. You know, they hardened their heart and they weren't willing to receive what heaven had yep. for them. And I think there's some real lessons for us in all of this, you know.
0: And ever since that point that they hardened of their heart, the only time they ever come to Jesus is to challenge him, not yeah. to be with him. Exactly. Yeah. And you see this. You see this in Christianity even where people have rejected god but they still might linger around to just be a challenge yeah but that's not what god's about god's about a relationship Mm. and he first wants us to know who he is Mm. and then he goes on to teach us of what he's done for us what he is doing to for us and what he's going to do for us yeah yeah it's powerful Mm. anyway man i've really been enjoying this already halfway through man Mm. and um Mark's not a big book. No. And we haven't been reading tons. But I really feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah. And by the way, man, really appreciated your insights today. That connecting mm. the deaf, the blind, and the how that's a physical, literal parable of what he was accomplishing in the disciples. Mm. Awesome insight. Yeah. I appreciated it, man. Thanks, mate.
1: Cool. Thanks guys for tuning in today. We pray that you're blessed as we got to study the word together. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. God bless.